This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. It is, of course, Tuesday, and time for the page turner as we talk authors, books, and ideas that have had the greatest impact on us with a special guest every week. Today, it's a really interesting take. We're looking at taking great stories from the page to the stage with founder and executive producer at Lollipop Theatre, Laurie Dorman. For over two decades, she's worked with some of the best theatre companies and creatives in the UK and has brought high-quality productions to more than half a million children here across the UAE. We find out how to translate the written word into a captivating performance and why young people more than ever need the immersive experience that only a live stage show can offer. All of that and more is next here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the page turner. The page turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Pulse 95. A question that's uh, often grappled with is how can we get children to read more books? One way to get kids excited about the written word is to bring it to life on the stage. And our special guest today on the page, Turner, does exactly that with the UAE's first theatre company in educational theatre. Having worked with some of the UK's greatest theatres, including Nuffield Southampton, the Old Vic London, Shakespeare's Globe London and more, Laurie Dorman arrived in the UAE in 2005 to set up DuckTac before becoming the director of performing arts for six theatres right here in Sharjah under the directives of His Highness Sheikh Dr. Sultan bin Mohammed Al Qasimi, Supreme Council Member and Ruler of Sharjah. Laurie then founded Lollipop Theatre in 2010 with the mission to expose the greatest possible number of children to the power and wonder of a live theatre experience and for the most reasonable possible price. So Lollipop is now the UAE's most popular producer of theatre for young audiences, having entertained over half a million children in every emirate since its inception. To tell us more, I'm so pleased to welcome into the studio Laurie Dorman. Welcome. Good morning, Sally. Thank you for having me. So fabulous to have you. Now, um, I've been wanting to do this show for quite some time, but I felt like now was the perfect time because I, over the aid break, I got to go to London and I had the chance to see not one, but two musicals, which is... <laughs> Lucky you. You know, for me, who, who's, a, who's a big theatre fan, this was huge. I went to see Hamilton and Matilda all in one day uh, with my girls, with my kids. Uh, and it was phenomenal. And it was just, it's there is nothing like that experience of being in a live theatre and feeling that energy. Absolutely. And seeing it all come to life. Yeah. And every, every performance is a unique performance, unlike the movies, where every performance is exactly the same. When you're in a theatre, it's unique because you have a different audience for every performance and each 
member of the audience reacts in a different way, which makes every single performance a unique experience. Exactly. Um, and it can't be replicated mm. because you can't replicate that audience and their responses. And it's the audience, the live audience, that actually makes it so special. I'm a complete addict, I'm afraid. I, you know, nothing betters live theatre for me. I can't bear going to the movies where everybody think that you know, it's okay to talk and it's okay to play about on your phone and stuff. Um, you know, people don't do that in theatre. No, yeah, there absolutely. is a certain etiquette <laughs> attached to it as well. Um, yes, you know, um, and and in in countries where theatre is in the culture, then mm. children are taught at a very young age how they should behave when they go to a theatre. And not just that. that I mean, you know, the theatre is just such an interactive space. It's incredible. Uh, but, you know, take me back. Can you think of the first time when you went to the theatre and you were just completely enthralled by it and you thought, this is where I want to be? Um, yeah, I, it was a pantomime and it was Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, and pantomime in my country, the UK, is what we do every Christmas. Um, and every family will end up going to see a pantomime. And it's always a fairy tale. Cinderella, Aladdin, Jack and the Beanstalk, Red Riding Hood. It's always a fairy tale. But well, there's none of the nasty stuff in there. It's completely watered down and diluted into absolute silliness. <laughs> Um, ab absolute and complete silliness. Uh, it doesn't get much more silly than Panto. I think, um, yeah, we it's love it. fun. We love it. It's so much fun. You've got to have the silly. That's got to be part of it as well. Um, how did you then get into theatre? Because I know you growing up, you loved books. You loved yeah. writing and you wrote poetry. So, you know, take us through a little bit of that journey and, and how that took you into the theatre and working there. Well, I've, I've always loved theatre. Mm. Um I've always loved the live experience. I loved ballet. I used to dance Swan Lake behind the sofa when my mum and dad were watching <laughs> TV. I, I would be pretending I was a ballerina in Swan Lake um, and I would be di the dying swan behind the sofa. Um, uh, so I, I've always loved the theatrical experience. Um, but um, I, it was something I wanted to do the more the older I got, the more I wanted to be involved in theatre. I did tap dancing when I was little. I was a member of the amateur dramatics group, um, and uh, you know, little things that kind of they, they sow the seeds. And I, you know, when you once you've kind of had that experience, there's kind there's no going back from it. Mm. Um, and I don't know anybody who works in theatre who doesn't remember their first theatrical experience because it was so special um, and so um, yeah I just kind of I drifted uh, for a while I sold septic tanks and petrol interceptors <laughs> and worked in offices I, I was a critic for a newspaper and I was I turned out to be the arts critic um, accidentally <laughs> um, but that meant that I saw more theatre um, uh, and I got to see it all for free as well. How great! They, That's your absolutely. job. Absolutely. 
Um, and so, um, and, and then one day I received a phone call from my local theatre, the Nuffield Theatre in Southampton, um, to say that their, their front of house manager had gone down with quite a serious illness and they had no replacement. Um, and it was it something that I would be interested in? Uh, and I was just absolutely thrilled and, you know, bit their hand off and said, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it was a three month long. Um, it, she was quite seriously ill mm. and it was going to be at least three months. Um, and so I had to leave my job at the newspaper as the arts critic in, in order to, to do this. Yeah. Um, but it was I discovered at that point that it was my passion. Um, and if I turned this down, I would regret it for my whole life, which I most certainly would have done. Mm. And you uh, went on to work with some of, you know, the, the greatest theatres really across the UK. Yes. yes. Take me through that experience and what you learned from it. Uh, well, I, I, I was quite a long time at the Nuffield. I was about seven years at mm. the Nuffield, which was um, one of the South's leading theatres uh, for producing new work. Uh, and I worked with a very wonderful director, Patrick Sanford, who incidentally is going to be directing my uh, one of my forthcoming shows, which I'll tell you about in a short time. We're so excited about this. Um, and um, so I, I left the Nuffield um, because I had an offer to go and work at the Old Vic in London, one of London's most um, monumental theatres. Um, that was too too much to turn down so I, I went and worked at the Old Vic um, I then went uh, to Shakespeare's Globe and worked with Mark Rylance um, opening Shakespeare's Globe uh, which was a wonderful, wonderful, marvellous experience mm. um, and then I went to the Millennium Dome um, and ran um, the theatres there um, so, it, it, you know, that, that little job that was the three-month cover opened up so many doors for me. Uh, that three-month cover, as I say, turned into seven years. You took all of that experience. You came to the UAE setting up DuckTac, but I want to get to you coming to Sharjah because you had a huge role across six of Sharjah's theatres here. Yeah. It, it, that's incredible. Take us through that. Um, I, I was at DuckTac. Uh, that's the reason that I came mm. to the UAE. Um, a, a very brave move, I thought, because I didn't know anybody here. I knew nothing about the country. Um, I didn't speak the language, but I thought, hey, I can do that. Why not? Um, and uh, so I did that um, uh, for 18 months. Mm. And then I was headhunted by His Highness, Sheikh Sultan. Um, and um, asked if I would come here to run six theatres. Um, uh, and I ended up running six theatres and designing a seventh. Wow. Um, so, um, and, and Sharjah has such beautiful theatres and nobody knew about them. Um, I'm not sure if they do still even know about them now, to be honest, but... Um, you know, the, uh, my office was based at the Cultural Palace um, and the Cultural Palace is a beautiful, beautiful theatre. Um, and uh, I brought Feyrouz here 
The legendary um, Lebanese singer, yeah, yes. Yeah, um, and uh, she did five nights of Sa' al Nom at uh, University City Hall. Wow, um, wow. I went to Damascus twice um, to persuade her to come, um, and it was at the request of uh, Sheikha Jawaha. Um, Her Highness, yeah. yes. Um, and uh, so she agreed to come. And that was that was quite a momentous occasion, I have to say. Amazing. Um, and we had people flying in from all over the Middle East, from Kuwait, Bahrain, um, all over. And of uh, course, across the theatres, you put on all kinds of different productions as well. Yes, yeah, we, um, we did ballet. Um, we did uh, a, a lot of children's stuff. Uh, because I think it's important that you catch children at an early age so that they get addicted at that age. Yes. Um, so we um, we had ballet coming in from the UK. Um, we had shows coming in from China and Korea, um, uh, which I brought here. Um, and um, it was fantastic. Within six months of setting up STG, uh, Sharjah Theatres Group, um, we had around 10,000 subscribers who were just chomping at the bit, wanting more. Because once you see uh, a production, once you get that experience, you just want to come back and you want to see more. And that's where Absolutely. we're going to go next with you, uh, Laurie. After the break, I want to come back uh, and, and talk about setting up Lollipop Theatre and why you decided to focus on theatre for younger audiences as well. As uh, as I know, as a parent, um, it, it can be incredibly powerful, you know, for, for your kids uh, to see productions, uh, world-class productions. And this is what you're doing here. We are talking to Laurie Dorman. She is the founder of Lollipop Theatre. More to come right after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. This is the Page Turner with Laurie Dorman today. She's the founder of Lollipop Theatre and uh, after uh, her incredible experiences in the UK, she brought that to us here in the UAE and particularly, uh, Laurie, uh, setting up Lollipop Theatre back in 2010, you were very intentional about wanting to bring great live theatre experiences to young audiences. So tell me more about, uh, you know, your thought behind that, why you wanted to do that so much. Absolutely. Yes, it was a passion. Um, and um, the, the passion was actually set alight when I came here. Um, uh, in, when I initially came here, there was, there was hardly any theatre, even mm. though I had come here to build and run uh, um, a, a brand new theatre. Um, there was very little theatre here for children. Um, and, and particularly Lollipop goes out to schools yes. as well. Yes. You know, it's not something that you expect people to come to you. No. You're taking it to the schools. Absolutely. And I think we were the first people to actually start doing that back in 2010. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a pop-up theatre was completely unheard of at that point. Um, and and it, was, it, it was a little slow to start, but once people realised what we were about and actually all they had to do was sit back 
and enjoy. Mm. Um, you know, because the, the, the roads are dangerous. The parents get nervous when, when kids are, go out on field trips because the roads are, are, you know, quite dangerous places for children to be. Buses, uh, it, 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 just the whole thing um, of, of actually leaving the school and going somewhere else um, makes parents nervous. Yeah. And so, you know, um, for us to actually be going to the school, it's easier for, you know, there's, a, there's seven of us. Um, it's much easier for seven of us to actually load our truck with everything that we need on it. The truck follows us to the school. Uh, we get there, we unload the truck, put everything up as we want it, um, perform the show, and then we put everything back in the truck and we're on the road again. Yeah. And the whole thing is done with, within about three hours. Wow, that's incredible. So, um, you know, that was a breath of fresh air. And, and some of the the, uh, the productions that you've put on uh, since 2010, we're talking over half a million children yeah. in the UAE which have now seen your productions and experienced that. So talk to us about some of the productions that you've had over the years that have been the most popular. Well, the most popular is The Gingerbread Man, mm. um, which um, I when I, I write all of the scripts as well. And when I wrote it... Um, which I think was 2013, 2014, um, I, re I struggled. I, I struggled writing that script because I just could not get to grips with it. But I finally got a script that I felt was, was workable. Um, and we did the first show and it was a, a big success. And we have since done, uh, we've last year, last, last uh, winter, uh, October through to December, we did our fourth um, sellout tour of the Gingerbread Man, um, and it's just it's evolved into a beautiful little show, and it's my absolute favourite now. Um, and that's something I want to ask you. You know, you obviously being you know a, a, a screenwriter as well. You know, you are writing. You're a playwright. You're writing these plays as well as uh, putting on the productions. How hard is it to take a story? Uh, you alluded to it. How hard is it to take a story like that that is just such a classic and put it on the stage and make it something that is going to really connect? It is quite hard because you have to, you, you can't just, as with writing a book, um, you have to visualize absolutely every sentence and what's happening within that sentence. Um, what's going on around that sentence, what every other cast member is doing when that sentence is being spoken. Um, uh, so it, 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 it's quite a long job. Mm. <laughs> um, and um, what, Red Riding Hood was the first script that I, I wrote. Um, and when I, I was so delighted with the fact that I actually managed to do it and I got this done, I thought, hey, I can do this. And I wanted to, having written um, uh, books, features, poetry, short stories, I'd always been a writer, always loved writing. Um, uh, I'd never attempted to write a script until um, Red Riding Hood. And that was my very first show. Um, and I thought, OK, well, you know, I'll give it a go. Rather than pay, I didn't have any money to pay anybody. 
So I thought, well, we'll just give it a go and see where it takes us. Um, and actually, everybody loved it. And so I thought, okay, you can do this. So the world is now your oyster. You can take any story um, and you can write it yourself. Was gonna, we're going to talk in just a moment uh, about uh, what makes uh, for a fantastic production uh, and talk more about the productions that you have coming through uh, in the next academic year. It's very all, exciting. It really is very exciting. You've got quite an exclusive, in fact. Uh, with, it's a world premiere. It's a world premiere, and uh, <laughs> this will be coming to a school near you here in the UAE. We're talking to Laurie Dorman. Uh, more to come on the Page Turner on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. The songs out of Matilda, the stage show, one of the stage shows I got to see uh, in the UK over the Eid break. Absolutely phenomenal, uh, Laurie. We're listening to the music now, but I can tell you there is nothing like being there. There are no amount of trailers. There is no video. There is nothing that will capture. Absolutely. The feeling of being there in the theatre. Yeah, absolutely. And we we have it when we go to schools. Um, uh, You know, we'll, we'll get one child who may be sitting in the front who to the exclusion of 500 other children will decide that they actually want to have a conversation with somebody on stage (laughs) there then and at that moment and it's imperative that they ask them this question at that moment in the middle of the story in the middle of the story in the middle of a monologue in the middle of everything that's going on this child and I guarantee you there is one at every performance 
they will forget that there are 500 children around them and they want to have that conversation there and then. They are totally immersed in the story, in the character and in the moment. And that just warms my heart. That makes my job so worthwhile. Because that's when you know, you know that that child has just, you know, gone into that world and they're loving it and experiencing as well. Absolutely, yes. And there there is nothing quite like looking out over 500 kids um, and and seeing them all smiling and loving what's going on on stage. I know. There's nothing like it. Yeah, when we uh, went to see Matilda, not only is the action happening on the stage, but it's happening in the aisle yeah. next to you as well. We sat right at the aisle, um, not realising that we were, you know, going to be about six inches away from Mrs. Trunchbull, yeah. which is crazy. And, you know, th- th- she was my favourite character by far, you know, in, in the whole thing. They were all phenomenal. And and that's the thing. You, you look at that and you think, you know, this person transformed into this character in such a way they make you think that they're real. You know that it's not. But you just, you feel so invested in the story. Absolutely, yes. And, 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 and actually coming off the stage... You know, I, I'm a great believer in using the whole space. Yes. So, you know, um, uh, I, I don't actually approve of just doing theatre in a theatre. Um, you know, it, it's it's wonderful when you do it, but the way that we do it, we're a pop-up theatre. Um, we take everything with us to the school that we're going to. Costumes, props, scenery... You name it, it all comes in the truck with us. It takes us half an hour to unload the truck. We set everything up and then we're good to go. We do the show and then we put it all back on the truck and then we're back on the road again. Mm. But it's really satisfying at the end of the show when all of those kids are leaving and I always stand by the door to say thank you very much for coming. Um, When they're leaving and they will come up and just hug you or give you a a, a kiss and say thank you so much for coming to my school today I had a really lovely time and it makes it so worthwhile it really does I can't tell you absolutely I just want to thank everybody in the theatre for the experience (laughs) and it just makes you it makes you realize uh there is so much that goes on you know in a theatre production it's not just the actors on the stage the incredible costumes the sets that get made absolutely the music that happens you know there's there's uh the the writing that that is there's so much that goes in into it it's phenomenal and we're we're actually quite a small company Mm. um you know i i deliberately try to keep it small um i go out on every gig to every school um and many times we're up at four o'clock in the morning we're on the road by 4 30 um you know if we're going to abu dhabi or Alain, then you know we've got an hour and a half's drive yeah um so everybody sleeps um on the way there we unload the truck when we get there the truck's always waiting for us when we get there um and then we do the show um and very often we'll do three shows before one o'clock wow um you know we've often the first show is around eight eight o'clock eight thirty that's a lot uh, and we'll do three hour long shows that's incredible um, before one o'clock makes you have such respect for stage actors yeah you know you know that the way that they do transform themselves but they're often doing these shows 
at least once a day. Yeah. You know, sometimes twice a day. In a different location every time. In a different location every time to a different audience and, and having to kind of almost acclimatize yeah. to, you Absolutely. know, where they are as yes. well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it it's wonderful doing a show in a theatre, which is static. So you can leave your setup, you can leave your costumes out. You don't have to put, pack everything away it's after your every performance. Yeah. It's your theatre. Um, and we do public shows, you know, for two or three days. And that's a real luxury for my guys. Mm. Um, but they work really hard. You know, we're up at four o'clock in the morning on the road by 4.30. Um, very often, if we're doing three shows a day, or we might be in, in Abu Dhabi or Ras al Khaimah, if we're doing three shows a day, then we're not going to be back until about four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so, you know, and they've got to be up at four o'clock again the next morning. So it's, um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a playground. They work really, really hard. And I'm so proud of what we achieve as a team. Um, we're a small team. We have a technical manager, myself, and four actors, and a truck, and a driver, and that's it. For kids who come out and see these performances, I want to come and come back in just a moment and ask you next about the benefits that they get from seeing live theatre and how it can kind of um, it. It doesn't just uh, benefit kids who love drama. But it can benefit you no matter what field you decide to go into in your life. There's a lot to talk about with you, uh, Laurie Dorman. Um, but uh, before we go to the break, just uh, let's take a little bit of a listen to uh, Hamilton and uh, why that particular musical came about. This is a story of someone who wrote his way out of his circumstances and then wrote his way to self-destruction. I thought, this is Tupac. This is Biggie. This is a hip-hop story. This is my next show. The $10 founded father without a father got a lot. Alexander Hamilton is one of the unsung heroes of our country. He was a brilliant man and a daring man who had a vision. Hamilton had the core idea about an aggressive role for government that enriches us all. Mr. President. When you told us, I'm going to do a rap about Alexander Hamilton, we said, well, good luck with that. <laughs> Hamilton has this incredible drive, this incredible inventiveness. He's so relentless. It forces you to reckon with, well, what am I doing with my life? So I'm writing as fast as I can. Right now, I'm working on the second song in the show. I haven't figured out how it works yet. It's rare that you do a show where you have so many places that you can visit. Can I touch the desk? No. No, OK, I won't. Hamilton's an interesting, self-destructive, lightning rod of a character. Hamilton had the first major sex scandal. This is like a soap opera. You can't make this stuff up. On hip-hop, no one can tell you you're wrong unless the rhymes are whack. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton is somewhere going, I created what money is in the bank systems. I got no thanks for that. I feel like Hamilton reached out from history and wouldn't let me go until I told his story. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the page, turner. the page Turner on Life Beats with, with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Oh, 95. I'm past patiently waiting, I'm passionately smashing every experience. 
expectation, every reaction's an act of creation. I'm laughing in the face of casualties and sorrow. For the first time, I'm thinking past tomorrow. And I am not throwing my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. And I'm not throwing away my shot. We're gonna rise up. Ain't time to take a shot. We're gonna rise up. Ain't time to take a shot. We're gonna rise up. Rise up. Ain't time to take a shot. Oh, I can't get enough of that. I have to admit, uh, it was an incredible musical to witness. And uh, uh, Laurie, we actually had we had. And, and I paid for these seats, you know, wasn't given them or anything. <laughs> you pay quite a lot sometimes to, Ooh, to have don't that, you just. that close experience to being, you know, at the front of the theatre. Um, but, man, it was worth it. You're mm. buying that experience and it was unbelievable. You know, it's so visceral. You feel it. You see it. It's almost like you're with the actors. You're in the story. And it's like, you know, any gunshot or anything that's going off, you're just like... <gasps> Absolutely. You're at the edge of your seat. And that's that's actually not so difficult to achieve with people who are sitting in the first five rows. It's much more difficult to achieve when you've got people in the balcony. Um, you know, uh, and you've maybe, you may have 500 people up there who are maybe feeling a bit removed from everything that's going on. That's the challenge, is to make them feel like they're in row five. Yes. How do you do that, though? Uh, with hard work um, and and with a good product. Yes. Um, you know, p- if you don't have a good show, people are not going to come and see it. Now, what what's a good show? What makes a good show? Um, good music. Um, all of our shows are musicals. Um, and we have a musical score written by um, a, a very, very talented composer and producer in the UK. Um, a man called Richard Lamming of uh, Panto Music Um, and um, there has to be a big number in there there has to be like Rise Up there has to be one big number in there um, that everybody goes away with their hair standing on end Um, Blood Brothers is one of my all-time favourite musicals and every number has that spine tingling you know but the ending of Blood Brothers just makes every hair on my head stand on end um, what's interesting is, you know, you say that uh, uh, when we were sitting in the audience waiting for the show to start, uh, we were speaking to people who had already seen the show before yeah. and came back for more. Oh, absolutely. Which yeah. I thought was amazing. I was like, I've never seen it. I'm like asking people, is it worth seeing? Because yeah. I know my daughter's obsessed. I surprised her with the tickets. It was a huge, big deal for her. Uh, but but I wasn't I wasn't that into it. And then suddenly I saw the show and I understood 100%. Yeah what all of the fuss was about. I saw James Corden in One Man, Two Governors. And I went back time after time after time because his timing was absolutely impeccable as a comedian. It can't get much better than that. Um, But he brought this very, very old story, which is it's based on a servant to two masters. Um, which is a Goldoni story and it's a very old story and it was revamped and brought up to date and James Corden just 
breathed new life into it and it was spectacular um and i went back time after time after time to see it and it didn't it, it just got better every yeah. time I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Similar to Hamilton, you know, it's it's a wrap, you know, yeah. basically, of uh, a, a, a historical figure. You know, it, it brought to life in a completely unexpected way, yeah. uh, really phenomenal stuff. And that's the thing, you know, when you get creative yes. and, and you bring uh, stories that have been around for centuries yeah. uh, to the stage in such a way, which you guys are doing as well with Puss in Boots. We are, yes. Talk to yeah. us about that. That's coming. Uh, it's sold out. Um, yes, yeah. We've got two uh, shows coming up um, this year um, to finish off the year. Puss in Boots will run from October through to December. Um, and um, all the school dates are already fully booked. So um, we will be doing um, public shows um, at the Junction Theatre at the beginning of December. Um, we haven't released that mm-hmm. yet, so that's a, that's an exclusive here. Amazing. Um, and um, so w- the element of surprise is key. Um, you want the kids in front of you to go, wow. <laughs> um, and with the gingerbread man, it was with the set because we had, um, uh, we had just uh, the front of a bakery um, that, and that was the only piece of set, just the front of a bakery. But actually, it opened up to the inside of the bakery that had an oven, that had shelves with cakes on and everything else. And the moment that it opened up was the moment when all the kids kind of, you got their attention and they all went, Wow, look at that. <laughs> it's audible. It's really loud. They're Absolutely. all like, "Whoa, what yeah. is this?" Yeah. yeah. Um and that was a that was that was a new piece of set that I had built just for last year. We hadn't done that before and I, ah, that's given it another element of surprise. Yeah. Um they're doing brilliant things these days in theaters with sets that Absolutely. just take such a small Absolutely. But it all costs a lot of money, of course. Sally, I have to tell you that. Right. You're taking such a small space and you have to keep transforming it. Yeah into lots of different places, yeah. which is amazing to watch in and of itself. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and it, that, But that element of surprise is really important. Mm. But it doesn't need to be something that you have to spend a lot of money on. Uh, you know, it can be, you know, we had a chase of, uh, I mean, the whole story of the gingerbread man is that all these people are chasing him because they want to eat him because he tastes so good. Um, and we had you know, a chase throughout every auditorium, every multi-purpose hall, every gymnasium um, <laughs> that, that we've done the show in. And that comes as a bit of a, a, a surprise as well. And the kids love it. You know, because it, the, the, he's being chased all around them. Yes. I love and that. And through them. And through them, exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and that that's one element of surprise. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It doesn't right. cost any money to do that. Right, exactly. It's just being about creative, yeah. being creative with the space. Uh, but you've got a big world exclusive, in fact. This is the first time. Absolutely. I'm so excited about tell, this. Tell us about this and <laughs> Inspector Calls. Why yes. is this so special? Um, well, I, I've been wanting... Um, I, I, for the last 10 years, I've been doing um, shows for primary age children Um, but myself I wanted to do something a little more challenging and I wanted to do something for older children 
um, who, you know, we get quite a lot of um, stuff here for young children. We don't get hardly anything for older children. So um, an inspector calls is very high on the, the curriculum of uh, international schools for GCSEs. Um, so I thought, okay, that would be the one I'd like to do. So I applied for the rights to do it. Um, and month went by after month after month. Uh, and I was beginning to think, oh, I'm never going to get this. You know, I need to focus on something else. And after four months, I was finally um, given approval by the Priestly Estate to do an inspector calls, um, which um, the show in itself is a UAE premiere. It's never been done here before um, or in this part of the world um, ever before. But um, the really exciting part is that um, it's also a world premiere because this is the first time that the Priestly Estate have ever given approval for a professional schools tour of an inspector calls. Um, and uh, we're, do, we're touring it all through September um, and all of the school dates have now been booked. So the schools were very quick to actually, you know, pick up on this. Um, and uh, But we will be doing public performances of it um, and that will be from the 10th to the 13th of September at the Junction Theatre in Dubai. Now, Patrick Sanford is somebody who's very special, who is yes. uh, taking charge of this. Uh, t tell us more about him, his background, why it, he's so special to be doing this. Well, Patrick was my old boss. I mentioned him earlier on when I yes. was at the Nuffield Theatre at Southampton. He was artistic director um, for a number of years, for about 25 years of, of the Nuffield Theatre and renowned for um, his work with uh, new authors and new work. Um, and when I got the rights, when I finally got the okay to do an inspector calls, I had to start thinking, okay, I don't want to direct this. Who do I want to direct this? Apart from Sir Richard Eyre, <laughs> who I didn't think I could afford. <laughs> um, uh, and Patrick came to mind because Patrick is edgy um, he is highly creative um, and he's extremely clever. Um, and I hadn't been in contact with him for 20 years. So he didn't know that I was here at all or what I was doing. Wow. And so I got his email and I dropped him a line and said, this is what I'm going to be doing. Would you consider coming to direct? Let's and he bit my hand off. Yes, let's take a listen now to a little bit of an Inspector Calls. Please, sir, an Inspector's called. An Inspector? What kind of Inspector? Police Inspector. I'd like some information, if you don't mind, Mr. Burling. You're new, aren't you? Yes, sir. Only recently transferred. Something we were talking about while you were out. Only a joke, really. Well, I don't think it's very funny. Oh, what's the matter with you? Nothing! Oh. 
what you're going to do. Ring up the Chief Constable, Colonel Roberts. Be careful what you say, dear. No, not entirely. A good deal happened to her after that, but you're partly to blame, just as your father is. As we can hear, it is very much the thriller, Laurie, <laughs> and we cannot wait to see this uh, in schools uh, all over the UAE. We have run out of time. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been wonderful talking to you and sharing the passion for taking great stories to Thank you the so stage. Much for having me on. Thank you. And we're excited to see uh, what happens in the new academic year, uh, all from Lollipop Theatre as well. And uh, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. We loved it. We loved it. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.